The word Savior is all over, all over our readings tonight. We see it in our responsorial psalm where we proclaim that today is born our Savior, Christ the Lord. We saw it in our second reading where St. Paul called Jesus our great God and Savior. And then, obviously, in the Gospels, when the angels announce that Jesus is born, they say to the shepherds, a Savior has been born for you. You know, the word Savior, uh, rather obviously, it, it means one who saves, right? One who rescues or delivers someone from some kind of danger or peril. That brings up an important question. Do we need a Savior? Do I need a Savior? Do you need a Savior? And let's think about it a little bit before we answer, because if we say, yes, I need a Savior, we are admitting that we are in the midst of some kind of danger, some kind of peril that we cannot get ourselves out of, that we need another to come and rescue us. I know there are many in the modern world who would, who would object and say, look, we've uh, conquered so many problems and difficulties throughout history. You know, we're the people who uh, put someone on the moon and brought them back safely. We're the people who, when the coronavirus pandemic exploded within a year, we had developed and approved and are currently rolling out a vaccine. You know, we in virtually all of our pockets or purses is a small device that is part phone, part computer, part bank and social network and 20 other things. It's a device that our ancestors wouldn't even dream of. Yeah, all that's impressive, but the problem that we are facing is not something that can be solved by technology or human ingenuity. We do need a savior. And I would venture to say that of all things, the Christmas tree can help us understand why we need a Savior, can explain why we need a Savior. You know, there are many today who will make the claim that the Christmas tree is of pagan origin. And while I'm no expert, um, I I would humbly disagree with that notion. The most likely predecessor for what we call a Christmas tree is something medieval Europe would have called a paradise tree. What is a paradise tree? Well, traditionally, December 24th, today, was the feast day of two of the unlikeliest saints, Adam and Eve. And so, on December 24th, beginning around the 1200s, European towns would put on a play called the Paradise Play which was essentially the story of Adam and Eve's creation, temptation and fall, and then, of course, the hope that, that comes at the end of the fall when God promises a Savior to come and, and redeem them. And, and the key prop in the paradise play was the paradise tree, a tree which stood for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And typically... It would just be a large evergreen tree, and they would adorn it with red apples to represent the forbidden fruit that Adam and Eve took. Well, in time, 
Kind of like manger scenes started as public devotionals and eventually people began to put them in their homes, so it became with paradise trees. They would be put into the homes. And over time, instead of adorning this tree with apples, there started to be round objects that could be painted shiny red, what we would today call ornaments. So what today we would obviously see as a Christmas tree, our medieval ancestors would call a paradise tree, a symbol of the affliction of sin that has stalked humanity since the fall of our first parents, afflicted humanity since the fall of our first parents. But it's also a symbol of the hope of a Savior who would come and redeem us. You know, when Adam and Eve, after they had fallen, God made this promise. He he turned to the serpent and he said, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will strike at your head while you strike at his heel. In that cryptic verse, he promised that there would be a redeemer, a savior, born of a woman, who would, would, would redeem and save sinful humanity. That Savior is Jesus, the woman is Mary. And the great reversal of the fall of man begins when Jesus was born of the Blessed Virgin. Tonight we celebrate the fact that we have our Savior at long last, that he is born for us in the city of David. And not just any Savior, but one that, as the angels tell the shepherds, is both Christ and Lord. The anointed one, Christ, the long-awaited Messiah, and Lord, Lord, Kyrie in Greek, throughout the Bible is used to speak only of God. God himself comes to save us, to be our Savior. The mystery at the very heart of Christmas, like the mystery at the heart of the paradise tree, the forerunner of our Christmas tree, is both a reminder of the darkness of sin that plagues us uh, and the simple truth that God loves us too much to leave us in this broken state, that out of his great love for us, he descends from heaven to save us from sin, to win the grace that makes us his adopted sons and daughters of God. Christmas shows us God will go to any length to bring us back, that he will, in a sense, move heaven and earth to save us. Yet at the same time, he's not going to force us to accept this gift, this salvation. He respects our freedom. It's up to us whether or not we grant Christ entrance into our heart and soul. And this is easier said than done, because we are still very much, after Christ came and and died and rose from the grave, we are still fallen creatures in a fallen world. You know, the Russian author, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, he gave the best description of our sinful state that I have ever come across. He said, The line separating good and evil passes not through states, nor between classes, nor, excuse me, nor between political parties either, but right through every human heart and through all human hearts. This line shifts inside us, it oscillates with the years, and even within hearts overwhelmed by evil, One small bridgehead of good was retained, and even in the best of all hearts there remains an ununprooted small corner of evil. 
Solzhenitsyn nails the problem of sin, right? There's no pill or vaccine, there's no technology or political action which will take away the sins of the world. That will take away our sins. Only our Savior can do that. So brothers and sisters, let us welcome Jesus, not just with our words, but with our hearts and souls, so that the infant king may reign over our lives, over our homes. May we allow Jesus to be the Savior we all so desperately need.